You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. Moses confronted Korah, Dathan, and Abiram, and 250 council members. They were like Moses' board members. Confronted them. They refused to listen. And God opened up the earth, and it swallowed all of them and their families. Joshua confronted Achan, who took some of the devoted things in Jericho. Hit him in his tent. And rather than Achan coming clean, when the call went out, there's sin in the camp. Tried to win the lottery against God. And he was destroyed, and his whole family went down with him, too. As uncomfortable and nerve-wracking as we might find it to be, confronting a brother or sister in Christ over their sin is required of us. All throughout the Old and New Testament, we have several examples of just how we're to do so in a biblical and loving manner. As Pastor Danny will teach you in his message today, unrepentant sin is a detriment to both the individual and those around that person. In his study, you'll learn several examples of how people in Scripture have addressed those who've turned to sin. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of 1 John chapter 5 with today's edition of The Living Word. Turn over to the right if you're there in James to 1 John chapter 5. I want you to see this. 1 John chapter 5 verse 16. Look at it. I'll read it. If anyone sees his brother commit a sin that does not lead to death, he should pray and God will give him life. I refer to those whose sin does not lead to death. Very interesting. There is a sin that leads to death. I'm not saying that he should pray about that. What does that mean? It means it's going to do you no good to pray about it because God's already determined. They're not going to repent, and I'm just going to end it and take them home. I'm not saying you should pray about that. All wrongdoing is sin, and there is sin that does not lead to death. 1 Corinthians 11.30, what did Paul write there to the Corinthian church? Some of you are weak and sick. And some of you have fallen asleep. I have known people as a pastor over 30 years of ministry that if that I believe, I believe, now I'm not God, all right, but I believe I have known people in this fellowship that have been a part of this fellowship that have died prematurely because they've wandered and God has taken them to the woodshed and over years God has tried to deal with them so that they might repent and they refuse to repent and all of a sudden you get the phone call. Did you hear about so-and-so? And usually it's something tragic. It's awful quiet in here. I'm assuming because we're listening. <laughs> we should. Ananias and Sapphira. Remember Acts chapter 5? People were being led of the Spirit in the early church there to sell a piece of property or sell a house that they didn't really need and bring the money and lay it at the apostles' feet. And it says the apostles would distribute it. As the Lord led them, Ananias and Sapphira sold a field. They brought the money, but before this, between the sale and bringing the money to the apostles, they kept back a portion. And God gave Peter a word of knowledge, a supernatural word of knowledge about Ananias and Sapphira's sin. And so they come in one at a time, and Peter says to them one at a time, is this the amount you sold the land for? And each one of them lied, and as soon as they lied, God took them. 
And it says, great fear seized the whole church and all who heard about these events. Now, do you realize the potential for any one of us to wander from the truth, including me? Any one of us have the potential to wander from the truth and go our own way. Isaiah 53, 6, we all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to his own way. Now, pretend you're my kids, and let me tell you some quick Bible stories. The book of Genesis, the Lord confronted Cain about his unwillingness to do what was right, but instead of repenting, he went and murdered his brother, Abel, and as a result became a wandering fugitive. Balaam was a man who was confronted <laughs> by his own donkey, by his jackass. And it's like someone said, God confronted Balaam with a jackass, and he's confronted many over the years with other jackasses. Some of you might consider being confronted today by one. That's your prerogative. And if you know the story, I can't ever go through that story without smiling because it's so humorous. God allows the donkey to speak in a person's voice and talk to Balaam. And the, and the, the most amazing thing there every time I go through it is not the donkey speaking, but Balaam having a conversation back and forth with the donkey. <laughs> God confronted Balaam through his donkey, but if you read the whole story, even though he confessed sin, he never repented. Never repented. And Joshua 13.22 tells us that he was killed when the Israelites came in to take possession of the promised land because he never really repented. Moses confronted Korah, Dathan, and Abiram, and 250 council members, they were like Moses' board members, confronted them. They refused to listen, and God opened up the earth, and it swallowed all of them and their families. Joshua confronted Achan, who took some of the devoted things in Jericho, hid him in his tent. And rather than Achan coming clean, when the call went out, there's sin in the camp, tried to win the lottery against God, and he was destroyed, and his whole family went down with him too. King Saul. King Saul started out as a humble man and a humble king, but David... When he became, a, well, he became famous overnight after slaying Goliath, that was the beginning of King Saul's demise. And he was envious, he became embittered, and he ended up hating David. Samuel confronted Saul, and if you read the narrative, Saul makes one excuse after another, one excuse after another. And finally, when he's backed against the wall, he says, I have sinned, but he never repented. He ended up dying on the battlefield, and he took his sons down with him. Elisha, one of the greatest prophets of the Old Testament, you might say his associate pastor, his name was Gehazi, his servant, Gehazi. Naaman the Syrian comes, and God heals Naaman the Syrian of leprosy through Elisha's ministry. Naaman had brought a, a bunch of loot, a bunch of stuff to, to pay the prophet if he got healed. Naaman, you know, at first was proud, but then his men encourage him. He goes down to the Jordan. He dips seven times. He comes up. He's healed. He goes back to Elisha, and he offers, them, offers him the riches that he brought. He's going to pay him. Elisha says, no, I'm not in it for that. Naaman's list, uh, Gehazi's listening to this whole thing, and when Naaman goes to leave, Gehazi follows him, and he catches up with him, and Naaman uh, says, hey, 
Is everything okay? Oh, yeah, everything's fine. But right after you left, some guys showed up from the school of the prophets, you know, Christian college kids. You got anything to help them? And Naaman's like, well, absolutely. And he takes his stuff and he gives it to Gehazi. Gehazi goes and hides it in his tent and then goes back to serve Elisha. And just like Peter, God revealed to Peter about Ananias and Sapphira, God revealed to Elisha about Gehazi. And Gehazi gets back and Elisha says, where you've been? So I didn't go anywhere. The leprosy that Naaman was healed of will cling to you. And he became a leper for the rest of his life. Eighty courageous priests confronted King Uzziah, Second Chronicles chapter 26. King Uzziah also started out humble, but it says when he became successful after years as king, his pride led to his downfall, and he wandered from the path. Eighty courageous priests go and confront him. He's going into the temple, Uzziah is, to offer incense, which is only reserved for the priest to do. So he's not walking in truth. Eighty courageous priests confront him, but he gets in a rage. He rages at him, and while he's raging at him, leprosy breaks out on his head. And it says they led him out, and he was anxious to get out. And he lived the rest of his life in seclusion and died a dishonorable death and had a dishonorable burial. You read about the prophets, one after another. The majority of them, I, I don't want the ministry of a prophet. If you give me a ministry of a prophet, give me Haggai. I'll be Haggai. You read that little two-chapter book, Haggai. Haggai goes and he says what the Lord says for him to say, and everybody repents. Well, that's, that's not typical of the prophets. I was just reading in my devotions this week uh, a prophet named Hanini who had a son who was also a prophet I was reading this morning in my devotions about. Well, then he confronted Asa, King Asa. Asa also started out good, but he wandered from the path. And when he was confronted by the prophet Hanini, you know what he did? Asa threw Hanini in prison. Jeremiah was put in prison. On another occasion, the king gave permission for his officials to do whatever they wanted to with Jeremiah, so they threw him in a cistern. Didn't have any water in it, but it was wet, it was muddy, and he sank down in the mud. And they left him there to die. God providentially got him out. But that's what it did to him. Jesus said they killed Zechariah. Guess where they killed Zechariah, the prophet? Between the altar and the sanctuary. They killed him at church. That's all we have time for on today's edition of The Living Word. There's more to learn from the book of James, so we hope you'll join us again. Pastor Danny Hodges leads and serves the Lord as pastor of Calvary Chapel Fellowship, and each new edition of The Living Word that you hear is from one of his messages given to the congregation. If you're in the St. Petersburg area, we want to invite you to join us at Calvary Chapel Fellowship. Come just as you are for a time of worship, fellowship, and studying the Bible on Saturday at 6 p.m. or Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. You'll be able to find directions at our website, ccfstpete.church. If you're not in the area, you can still join us virtually through our live stream. You'll find a link at the top of the page at ccfstpete.church. 
Is there anything that we can be praying about for you? If so, please email us at info at ccfstpete.church. We love that we can do this for our listeners, and we'd be happy to answer any questions you have to the best of our ability. Would you also pray for us? Please pray for Pastor Danny as he continues to share the Word of God, and for the listeners who, like you, are tuning in to hear truth and love. Pray for protection and for open hearts. Thanks for praying, and thanks for tuning in to The Living Word.